The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So today I thought um, to explore the topic of receptive awareness. When we practice mindfulness, often the first instructions we get for mindfulness are to choose something to pay attention to. Often the breath is our chosen experience, but it might be something else. It might be body sensations or it might be sound. And we, um, we practice with connecting with that experience. And when the mind wanders from that experience or shifts to something else, we tend to prefer coming back to that experience. And so we're choosing to direct our attention to support a settling of the mind, to support a cultivation of mindfulness. And often it's, um, it's an easy place to begin because we can remember, we can recognize often that we're not mindful, partly at least because the attention is not on our chosen experience. So it helps us to, to recognize um, when we are mindful and when we're not mindful. But this aspect of choosing what to pay attention to is a separate function of mind than mindfulness itself. And so I wanted to just take a few minutes to speak about that because it's an important, um, important recognition or an important understanding around mindfulness practice. When I first started practicing and got these instructions to choose something to pay attention to, I, I began to equate or think that if I was not choosing what to pay attention to, if I didn't have some say over that, then it meant that I wasn't being mindful. And so there were times when my mind was kind of, you know, it seemed like the mind was scattered in terms of not staying with a particular experience. And I attributed that experience to non-mindfulness. And yet we can be aware of a lot of experiences without choosing something to pay attention to. And so this is uh, the difference between the factor in the mind of attention and the factor of mindfulness or awareness. So attention is that, that function of our minds that lets us pick something out of our experience. And um, we can, this function of mind, this attention function of mind, is, um, it's both amenable to our conscious choice, and it also will happen whether we're choosing something consciously. And so when I talk about directing the attention, I'm talking about our consciously choosing what to pay attention to. So we, um, you know, we, we can choose to direct our attention to, for instance, our hands. And as I name these places, maybe you'll notice that the attention can go to these places. So you can direct the attention to your hands. You can direct the attention to your feet. Maybe you can choose to observe a breath, an in-breath and an out-breath. And so we can choose what to pay attention to. And so we can direct the attention. But that, we can, we can kind of tell through a, a little bit of a thought experiment um, that mindfulness, so mindfulness is actually a different function of mind than that attention, that choosing what to pay attention to. 
Uh, mindfulness we could describe as being that quality of mind that knows what's happening while it's happening. Whether we are choosing what's hap- what, what we're paying attention to and what's happening or not. And we can begin to, to see that these two are different by just a very common experience that we, uh, that we all have. Either we're walking down the street or driving somewhere and we are lost in thought. We are not mindful. This happens to us a lot. We're, we're thinking about something else. We're planning what we're going to be doing later or we're thinking about where we're going. And we are not paying attention to, we are not consciously aware of what's happening around us. And so we are not mindful. And yet, something in our experience, something in our mind is paying attention to the driving or the walking. We are not aware, uh, you're not kind of consciously aware of what's around us, and yet there is something that is knowing, um, you know, when to speed up, when to slow down. You're not like walking into trees or through walls or something. You, you're, 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 there's an, a, there is a kind of a way that the mind is paying attention to the environment but we are not consciously aware. And so these two are different functions of mind. And so we can kind of tell that they're different, but the, in terms of the mindfulness itself, um, there's, a, there's an exploration that we can make around um, releasing or relinquishing this aspect of choosing what to pay attention to and kind of settling back and seeing, exploring what is being received? Now this, um, I said a few moments ago that uh, this, this aspect of attention is amenable to our conscious control. We can choose what to pay attention to. But this aspect of attention also functions in every mind, in every moment of our experience, whether or not we are choosing, consciously choosing what to pay attention to. So um, the, the, the mind will choose what to pay attention to. So we can think about this almost like the, um, the breath. You know, we, we can uh, choose to control the breath. You know, we can, we can breathe in, we can consciously breathe in, we can consciously breathe out. But if we're not choosing to control the breath, the breath will breathe itself. It will It will function. It's a, it's a part of our human system that we don't have to consciously think about breathing. And yet we can think about breathing. So this factor of attention is very similar to that. We can think about and choose where to place our attention. And we can also just kind of let go. And the attention will gravitate to whatever it gravitates to, usually based on our conditioning on what we have tended to pay attention to in the past, what's happening in our environment, where the mind tends to have gone in the past is where it will tend to go now. And so when we're not consciously choosing what to pay attention to, the mind is paying attention to something. So that we can kind of um, step into with mindfulness an exploration of 
rather than choosing what to pay attention to, being mindful, being aware, and yet receiving experience, receiving what, we, what the mind is like already aware of, which is kind of naturally aware of in this moment. It will always be uh, attending or attending, it will be attentive to something. The mind will be uh, um, paying attention to something in every moment. And this, you know, as I, I pointed to earlier, this factor of, of uh, attention and mindfulness, we can either be mindful or not while the, mi- while the mind is doing its thing around attention. So um, that example I gave around um, driving or walking and something was paying attention to where we were walking you know, we weren't choosing what to pay attention to in that experience. You know, we, we, we were lost. We were thinking of something else. But something was choosing that. Something was, was choosing what to pay attention to. And so the, the kind of exploration around receptive awareness is exploring that kind of place where the attention is naturally gravitating to whatever it gravitates to. And yet, instead of being lost and not a mindful, we are allowing the mindfulness to kind of follow the attention. It's kind of a, almost a, it's just almost like a tracking or a, an awareness of where the attention is naturally going. So we can play with this a little bit, this receptive quality. You know, we, we can play with the sense of receiving experience rather than um, directing attention, we can choose to settle back and just let our system receive whatever it is naturally receiving. And we can do this in a kind of a, a narrowed way where we pick a field of experience and then receive that, that field. Or we can do it in an open way where we're, we're not like narrowing down to any particular field of experience and just receiving the entirety of our experience. Right now, we'll play with this a little bit with hearing. I'm hoping that they keep going. (laughs) 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 So we we can attune to the field of hearing. And rather than like focusing on listening to the sound, so there's a distinction here we can, we can have between hearing, which can be just like settle back, let your ear do its job. You know, your ear knows how to hear. We don't have to like think about what is that sound like and is, going up, is it going up or down? We can just kind of relax and let the sounds come to us. And so this is, this is a way, and, and actually hearing is often a good way to begin exploring this receptive quality. You know, there, there are other sounds in the room along with the, the sound outside. And the sound outside comes and goes. And can you just relax and receive? Letting your ear do the work. Not having to focus. 
It's just relaxing and receiving. In a way, we can think about kind of getting out of the, the driver's seat, allowing, rather than being in control of where the car goes, sitting in the passenger seat and just kind of taking in where the, the, the landscape you're moving through. So this is possible to receive experience and be mindful rather than, you know, focusing or directing the attention. And so we can, we can explore this in a kind of a narrowed range. We can explore it even with the breath. We can attune to the breath, perhaps know a breath in and a breath out. And yet, rather than like tracking all the sensations, it's just a kind of, oh, there's a breath. And what is coming to me? How, how is that experience showing up? So letting go of an idea of what the breath will look like and just receiving, oh, this is this, this, is this breath. And then we, we could explore, so that I would call kind of a, a narrowed receptive awareness, perhaps, or a, a kind of a, a focused, in a way, receptive awareness, where we pick a field of experience so we're, we're, we're choosing to direct the attention in some capacity. And yet within that field, we're not picking things out of it. We're relaxing and letting that field show itself to us. And then we can also do a more or explore a more open receptive awareness. Where we are not choosing any particular domain to... Uh, kind of orient to in our experience. But instead, we are kind of just settling back and noticing what is obvious. And so in this moment, what's obvious? What's being obviously received? What's coming to you? Again, not being in the driver's seat There's probably some combination or some flowing between body sensation, an often very obvious field of experience, or sound, another very obvious field of experience. So kind of settling back and and the attention is drawn to something, like maybe now at this point drawn to a sound or maybe now drawn to a body sensation. But explore not choosing what the attention goes to and exploring where does the attention naturally go? This is this kind of following, following the attention. Being mindful of where the attention naturally goes without our stepping in and trying to control it. It might go to emotions or thoughts. It might be external, where the attention maybe goes. And and it's possible that at certain times of our day, 
or certain situations, the attention may tend to be external, may tend to be on what's outside of us, what we're seeing, what we're hearing. Other times it may be more internal, it may be more the felt sense inside our body, how, we're, how our, how our, um, our visceral experiences, what the energy in our system is like. I find in my day there are times when the attention is more naturally inward and other times it's more naturally outward. And I can, the, the, the mind can know, the mind can be aware of either. Sometimes it might be more aware of emotions or, or thoughts. There's nothing that we cannot be mindful of. This is a, a place that we begin to um, really appreciate in cultivating this receptive quality of awareness. In a directed kind of practice, in choosing what we are paying attention to, we may at times have it kind of embedded in that, especially early on, there can be a sense of, okay, I'm choosing what to pay attention to, and if the mind goes someplace else, then that's not mindfulness, and, and that's not what I'm supposed to be doing. And so we may have ideas about many things that we think are um, kind of inherently not mindful. Maybe sleepiness or restlessness or thoughts, thinking. Because we tend to be, our mindfulness tends to get lost in those situations. And yet, as we explore a receptive practice, we can begin to recognize that when those things arise, we can receive the experience of thinking. We can receive the experience of spaciness or restlessness. And it's just like receiving sound. So a couple of different ways of exploring, I've talked a little bit about this, but I'll kind of just name them, ways of exploring this receptive kind of awareness. The first might be to begin in a kind of a narrowed field, to play with this quality of getting out of the driver's seat in a way. But sometimes when we just step into a fully open field of awareness, it can be kind of confusing. For me, it definitely was. My, it felt so chaotic. It's like there's so much going on. It felt like the mind was knowing this and then that and then that and then that. I was like, whoa, this is so confusing. And so sometimes it can be helpful to begin to play with this quality of receiving by choosing a particular field, like hearing. Hearing is a great place to begin to step into that receptive quality. So you could play with that, you know, attune to the experience of hearing and then settling back and receiving. In, in hearing, we, we often do not know the next experience that will arise. And so it's not like we can choose the next sound we're going to hear. We can settle back and receive the sounds as they come to us, but then we often might choose something that has arisen, something we have received to kind of tune into. 
And what I'm ex- ex- uh, encouraging to explore here is to not tune in to any particular sound, but just receive, to explore this receptive quality. So that's one way to begin exploring this uh, quality. Another way is in the, in the more open awareness style is to, um, to just check in what is obvious in this moment. Right now, what's the most obvious experience for you? Just don't pick it, don't, don't try to find it, just kind of settle back and see what comes to you. At the beginning of exploring this receptive quality, it may be the mind is kind of searching for something that it's receiving. And just notice that for now and just like wait. And see if you can wait for something really obvious to come to you. At first it might be, it might feel like there's nothing really obvious and that's okay. At some point, and I'll, I'll give you about 30 seconds here, at some point something obvious will arise. So relax. And what's obvious? And how about now? What's obvious now? Maybe it's the same obvious thing that was happening before, although there's change happening. It's as if these, these experiences that come to us are kind of like waves. A wave of sound, maybe, and then an, a wave of a different sound, and then maybe a wave of a body sensation, or a wave of a breath, or a wave of another sound, a wave an em- of an emotion. And we just settle back like we're... Like we're you know, at the beach, watching the waves come in. Floating and receiving the kind of changing quality of the waves that are keeping us afloat. When I was younger, I spent more time in the ocean than I do now. (laughs) But one of the things I loved to do in the ocean, because it's so salty, it really keeps you afloat. And in a particularly, like, calm ocean, I would just rest and feel the, like, waves just kind of rise and fall and rise and fall. The waves come come to you. And this is that kind of experience. You're just resting and letting the waves of experience show themselves to you. So what's obvious? What is the mind already aware of? Another analogy that my teacher Sayadaw Utejaniya uses that can be um, helpful if your mind is kind of like a little bouncy. Like, oh, it's that thing, and then it's that thing. Um, I described to... um, to him at one point, this this kind of sense of I had a following the attention, you know, kind of like with the mindfulness, just following the attention like this. And he says, "Oh yeah, it's kind of like you have a dog on a leash, you know. That dog is like it's jumping around, it's sticking its nose in this and jumping over here, and oh, there's a squirrel, and it goes over there, and it's just like you know, delight delightedly kind of exploring its environment." And he said, and your job is just to hold on to the leash. And that's kind of the flavor here. 
It's like sometimes the mind is kind of playful that way. It kind of picks up on that thing for a few moments and then that thing and then that thing. And if you're if your sense of mindfulness and mindfulness meditation is that things get settled down and they get quiet and that there's not a lot of change happening or the mind is not shifting from experience to experience, then you might think that this is not being mindful or this is not meditation. This is not a meditative state. And, and yet the mindfulness here is what we are um, exploring. How, you know, can we have a continuity of mindfulness no matter what is happening in our experience. And so this experience of receptive awareness will feel very differently at different times depending on how that attention is functioning. If it's kind of jumpy or playful or, you know, uh, switching from thing to thing, that sense of receptive awareness will feel one way. It could be that the, that sense of the, um, the attention is kind of more fluid. Kind of it's like with this thing for a few moments and then it kind of flows to that and then to that. Sometimes it feels more flowy, this sense of receiving experience. So sometimes it might feel jumpy. Sometimes it might feel flowy. Sometimes it might feel very specific. Like you're no- looking at something very precise Almost like, you know, so, so this receptive awareness doesn't mean that the mind never lands on something specific. If the attention decides to pay attention to something quite clearly and closely, that's what the mind is receiving at that point. In this receptive awareness, we don't have to preference a sense of, oh, I'm not focusing on anything. Because there are times, like if you're taking a walk, If you're taking a walk, you might just be kind of in a field of just receiving things in a general way. But then you see a a bird fly in front of you and almost automatically the attention will go there. And so sometimes the attention can be very broad on very um, like vague or diffuse experience. And sometimes the attention can be very precise. So sometimes the, the, uh, the awareness the in receptive awareness can feel very uh, nebulous almost, really just, um, I'm using this gesture with my hands, kind of opening and settling back. It can feel that way, very broad, a broad kind of receiving. And then other times it might feel like the mind kind of shifts down to, to focus on something. So many, many different ways the mind can be aware and be receiving experience. So another piece of this practice of receptive awareness is beginning to get familiar with what it feels like to be aware. This may be familiar to some or not familiar to some of you, because usually, or, or sometimes, especially if, we're, if we are familiar with doing a directed practice, what we are familiar with in terms of what it feels like to be mindful is what it feels like to be paying attention to some object, some experience. We're familiar with what it feels like to be paying attention to sound or body sensation or a breath. So there's, there's that sense of, of familiarity of what it feels like to be aware of an experience, aware of an object. And what we're exploring here is what does it feel like 
to be aware of awareness. Regardless of what the object is, what does it feel like to be aware of awareness? And as I just pointed to, based on what the object is, so if the object is precise, the awareness may feel one particular way. If the object is, is broad or vague or diffuse, the awareness may feel very different. The quality of the jumpiness might have a different feeling to the awareness than this quality of flowing from experience to experience. And so we get familiar with the experience of being aware itself in the many flavors of kinds of experience that happen. Now this um, being aware, becoming aware of awareness itself, um, you know, actually it's, in some ways it's very close to us. It's like the air we breathe. It is so common. We are aware in every moment, whether we're mindful or not, there's a form of awareness happening in every moment, a kind of a, a consciousness or a knowing that happens in every moment. And we um, often, because we are more interested, we're kind of trained to be interested in what we are knowing more than being interested in that quality of knowing itself, we don't often think to even pay attention to what it feels like to be aware. And so this is a little bit of a shift for us. You know, what is, it, what is it like to be aware? And right now we'll explore, what is it like to be mindful? You know, what is it like to be mindful? So right now, are you, are you aware? Are you mindful? Now, often when we first start ex- exploring this, you know, this question, am I aware? If you're not asleep, if you're hearing me, you're not lost in thought somewhere, you're hearing this talk, you're hearing me say, are you aware? (laughs) Then you probably are aware. You may not know how you know you're aware. You may not actually be able to kind of identify, oh, that's the experience of awareness. But that's okay. Initially in our exploration of this, this just, just knowing, yep, I know I'm aware. It's more, of a, of, it's more of a recognition at first or more of just a kind of an understanding. Yes, I'm aware. I know that I'm aware. It's not, it's not so much a feeling at first. There is a sense that happens over time of a sense. And some people have it very naturally, actually. I did not. It was not natural or easy for me to touch into this quality of being aware of awareness. Sometimes early on in my practice, I would be sitting with teachers who would say something like, sit in a sense of presence. And I would think, what the heck do they mean? I have no idea what that means. And so the, the you know, for some people it's very natural. And some different words can help. So awareness, you know, do you know that you're aware? Do you have a sense of presence? A sense of being here. These are, these are other words that might touch into that quality of knowing that you're aware. Regardless of what 
your, what you are aware of. And so we can, we can begin to attune to that. And a way to begin to attune to it is to check into this question, am I aware? You know, if you even think to ask this question, unless you're in a kind of a, a rote kind of, you know, that sometimes I've heard people say this, you know, they're, they're practicing exploring, am I aware? And they're, they're exploring, am I aware? Am I aware? Am I aware? Am I aware? And they're not really connecting with the question. It's more of just like words going through the mind. But if you can reflect on the question, think the question consciously, and then you know, just thinking that question consciously, you get to answer yes. Yes, I am aware. Now, how you know you're aware is another matter, but that's okay. You don't have to figure that out. Just kind of pause for a moment. Yep, I'm aware. And take that in. Just for a moment. And then begin to recognize what's being received or what's obvious in that awareness. That question... Um, you know, and sometimes in teaching this, saying, you know, okay, you, you get to answer yes when you ask the question, you know, I know you're, I, am I aware? People sometimes think, well, why bother? You know, if you can, if you always get to answer yes, well, why bother is that it, that question begins to kind of make our mind interested in this quality of being aware of awareness. And that's not something we generally do. So it, it, it kind of, puts the mind into this place, am I aware? You know, what is that? And so it gives us a moment to touch into an experiential uh, quality to being aware of awareness that we might miss if we didn't ask the question. So that's another way in, is beginning to get familiar with the experience of awareness itself. Because as you get familiar with the experience of being aware then um, that, exper- that experience itself helps the mind to stay stable. We can begin to attune to that experience of awareness, kind of rest in, th- in that kind of experience, and then other things will flow through it. What we are aware of will flow through it, and the mindfulness will stay more continuous. And so this practice of receptive awareness, one of the the, the difficulties or one of the challenges with it is that if you're at the beginning especially because the mind tends to be drawn to so many different things you know it uh it's easy if you're not kind of recognizing yep this is i'm aware and this is what i'm aware of when the mind becomes can like shift to something else you know shifts to some new experience if we're not clearly aware that the attention has shifted to that, that will tend to be where the mind wanders. And so the, this flow of open awareness, if we are, if we are you know, um, um, this kind of variety of experience that happens, at the beginning it can be very easy to get caught by those many things that happen. So this takes some practice, and this is, I think, why a lot of people do like the kind of focused awareness, because it's a little bit easier to stay uh, present for a little bit longer, perhaps, than it is at the beginning with open awareness. And yet this practice of beginning to recognize or attune to the 
uh, experience of being aware itself is kind of where we land in the receptive awareness. Instead of, instead of aiming to or focusing on recognizing this is what it's like to be with the breath, I'm with the breath, I'm with the breath, I'm with the breath. Instead of that, we explore, this is what it's like to be aware. This is what it's like to be aware. And then many things can come and go. And the awareness can stay stable. And so this kind of practice, this receptive style of practice, is particularly useful and supportive for daily life practice. Because we um, can't always, in our daily life, focus on something. We, we at times have to be more receptive when we're, you know, hearing conversation or, you know, driving down the freeway. Our minds have to be very receptive to the changing experience. And if we think we cannot be aware in that kind of situation where there's a lot of things changing, then there are whole chunks of our daily life that become off-limits to practice. And so as we begin to get more familiar with this quality of receptive awareness, we find that that translates very nicely into a daily life practice. So... There's a couple, I'll just say a couple more things and then hopefully have a couple minutes for questions. Some of the things that this receptive awareness, um, practicing receptive awareness is supportive of, um, it tends to be supportive of relaxation in, in meditation practice. Because we are really, you know, it, this receptive quality is a much more it's a much more natural kind of experience when we are relaxed. In fact, when we relax the mind and body, very naturally our um, mind, mind will start receiving experience. And so it really helps us attune to a relaxed practice, this receptive style of, of awareness. It also supports the cultivation of friendliness, of kindness, because in this receiving experience, kind of the stance that we explore is, can everything be allowed? You know, rather than picking and choosing what to pay attention to, can, it be, can things be allowed? That sound outside, that is just sound striking the ear, can that be allowed? There are times when things arise in receptive awareness. And so this is an important po- a point around doing this as a practice. There are times when things arise in receptive awareness that is so strong that it's difficult to maintain awareness of. Some strong reactivity, some strong um, emotion might happen. And there are times when that is stronger than our capacity to be mindful with it. And when that happens, it can be very useful to pick up our tools of directing the attention and shift to something else, not just simply trying to let that tsunami of some kind of, of emotion just bl- blow us over. The kind thing to do in that moment would be to recognize, wow, that's really powerful. Let me put my attention on something else so the mind can stabilize and normalize. So there are times in practicing this receptive awareness that we do need to choose something to step away from a difficulty.
So uh, the, this practice of receptive awareness, the overall stance is one of allowing, of friendliness, of kindness to whatever's happening. A non-interfering attention. That's what we're cultivating here. So just a, 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 a few moments if there's any questions or comments about this topic. Andrea, I wanted to thank you for the talk. And I'm curious how samadhi fits into this. That's a great question and is often um, a common kind of question. In this practice, I mean, basically the definition of samadhi or concentration um, is the broadest definition. Let's say the broadest definition of samadhi or concentration is a stability of mindfulness. And then there are two flavors of concentration. One which is a stability of mindfulness with a particular experience. Um, but again, the kind of the thing that makes it mindfulness is the stability of the mindfulness. The, the thing that makes it concentration is the stability of the mindfulness. The flavor of that concentration when the, when the object is stable, is that the experience of concentration tends to get very still. The, the objects get still, the experiences tend to recede, so we, you know, we're focused on this thing and that. that it, it, stillness becomes the kind of flavor of that form of concentration. The other form of concentration, stability of mindfulness with changing objects. Again, the, the continuity of mindfulness creates the concentration. And there's some very similar qualities that happen as the, there, there are these what are called factors of concentration. Uh, the, uh, the aiming and the sustaining of the attention moment to moment, which is this kind of continuity of mindfulness. There's a kind of a, a delight or rapture that happens. There's a, a happiness that comes with this stability of mind. And then there's a kind of a recognition in each moment of what the mind knows. So these five factors of concentration are at play, whether in the focused concentration or the open concentration. The feeling, kind of like the feeling of um, mindfulness, uh, the feeling of being aware changes depending on the flavor of the object. The feeling of the concentration is different depending on whether we are having a continuity of mindfulness with one object or with changing objects. And so this kind of concentration is named moment-to-moment um, -moment concentration. And it is a very powerful form of concentration that really allows us to see into the nature of conditioning, the nature of impermanence, this is really where insight happens. Um, often the, the exploration to get into concentration is to, to let the mind settle on one experience, but that form of concentration when the mind gets really, really still is not a place where the understanding into impermanence happens. And so we actually have to shift to this moment-to-moment -moment concentration in some form, whether it's in the going into that concentration or coming out of that concentration, we will go through this moment-to-moment -moment concentration, and that's where the insight happens. So, uh, yeah, and it's time to stop now. So, thank you for your attention.